Thank you for tuning in to the Unjiggered Podcast. If you enjoy listening, please consider subscribing and giving us a rating on your podcast service of choice. Also, don't forget to like and tag us on Instagram at unjiggered underscore media. Thank you to everybody for listening, and now on with the show. You're listening to Unjiggered, a bartender podcast where we interview highly successful bartenders about their careers, lives, and the passion of bartending. This week on the podcast, we have Elon Sodu, the head bartender of the Beaufort Bar at the Savoy. We chat about starting off in the music business and the similarities with being a bartender, working at the Barclays Blue Bar, as well as breaking down his latest menu and giving his opinions on vodka. With this podcast, we want to peel back the mask and discover just how the greats really became the greats. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, my name is Elon. I'm the head bartender at the Beaufort Bar at the Savoy. Thank you very much for finding the time. How are you? I'm very good, Michael. Thank you very much for inviting me today. So you're in uh, sunny Singapore. Have you visited some bars? Uh, so far, yes. I see, I think, only three, four bars. And today I'm going to see three, four bar more. And tomorrow, this is going to be like my last day. I'll try to visit uh, as many bars as I can. <laughs> How did you feel about it? Do you like it? or? I think it's amazing. Uh, I realized the community here is very tight. Like uh, they kind of support a lot each other mm-hmm. and the bars are very close to mm-hmm. each other as well. It's like, it's very, nice, very interesting for me. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I really, really enjoy about uh, Singapore itself is that uh, the community is like very, very tight and people tend to help each other quite a lot. It's a very, unique, yeah, it's, yeah. it's very unique community. It's, it's beautiful. So we are here to talk about uh, you and your background. So first of all, would you like to tell us uh, where you are at now? So... I'm currently working uh, at the Beaufort Bar at the Savoy as a head bartender. And uh, in March, is going to start my fifth year there at the Savoy. So not too bad so far. <laughs> uh, I enjoy a lot. I love the place. I love the hotel. Uh, I love the bar. And in terms of uh, your uh, background, where are you from? So born in Rome and uh, grew up in uh, Sardinia, in Nuoro, which is like a very small town, which I believe doesn't have any cocktail bar. At the moment, <laughs> not that you're aware of, yeah. Not that I'm aware of, yes. And from then, uh, what, what did you what did you study? Were, were you planning to be in hospitality from a quite early stage, or I always worked in hospitality since uh, I was 14 years old. My first experience was a luggage porter uh, in a in a resort. Uh, I was doing like summer season, working there in the in winter. I was studying, but I didn't took this uh, career seriously until I was probably 28. So. I was working a lot. I worked in bars, worked in pub, mostly as a server though. But just when I came in London, I realized how much this uh, job could be amazing. But uh, one of the things about uh, seaside Italy, and I'm sure that Sardinia probably is even more so, is the fact that during summertime, like we all are kind of work in hospitality, do we? I it's mean, it's kind of, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's like where you start saving your little bit of pocket money. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's very common for you to start working age 14, 15. Doing, yes, yes, yeah. easy. It's like, it's normal there. Like, yeah, very, very you do normal, 14, yeah. 15 hours every day with no breaks. Man, it's brutal. S- eh? seven, seven days per <laughs> <laughs> week. Yeah, because yeah. Like, you've got like these very, very short, like three months busy periods and like, yeah. therefore yeah, it's zero exactly. days off. And you need to work as much as you can because you need to get as much money as you can. Yeah, so, yeah. that's absolutely crazy. Though. Yes. So here we are. So you are in Sardinia. You don't really think this bartending thing, it's a thing for you. What was your focus then and what made you move? So I've been 
making music since I was 15, 16 years old. I was uh, DJing and uh, I was uh, creating music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a music music producer for more than 10 years. And uh, I lived in Nuorot to go to live in Cagliari, which is South Sardinia, which is like the part which is a bit more... Uh, uh, Active, yeah, 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 active in Sardinia, and uh, I was I was DJing, I was producing, but obviously I had to have a job as well because make music doesn't uh, make money <laughs> most of the time, and uh, I was working in a bar in a beautiful hotel which is called Tea Hotel. Uh, there I met the first two people that uh, they introduced me to cocktails. Uh, I remember they they asked me once to make a Manhattan. I didn't have any idea how to make a Manhattan. So they explained me things slowly, slowly. And uh, in uh, 2014, I decided to move in London. Uh, and one of those two bartenders was working in a place which you know very, very well, uh, <laughs> which is called the Blue Bar. And uh, he called me one day and he asked me if I wanted to join uh, their the, the bar. But I wasn't thinking about working as a bartender. I came in London because I wanted to be a music producer and uh, I wasn't really interested about bars. I just needed a job at the time. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of like the music producing aspect of things, how difficult it is to make money out of it? Because it's an industry that I really know little about. Yes. Yeah, so I had a time when, when I was making money. So producing music doesn't make money. But uh, when I was DJing in clubs, I was ve- fairly well paid. Mm-hmm. So I was doing like uh, one to party per uh, week. Okay. So mm-hmm. I was getting quite a decent amount of money. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, I'm a very kind of shy person. So I like to to DJing, but uh, I w- it didn't really make me very comfortable. You know, uh-huh. I, I would always prefer to be like in the background and uh-huh. making music. But uh, I had to do some dates as well as a DJ because obviously for uh, to grow your name, like when you are a bartender, it's more or less the same. You can always bartend in a bar, but to know people, you need to travel, you need to to go and see other different things, different cultures as well. Oh, I really like the analogy. I think it's a, it's a quite quite spot on one. And uh, what what kind of music do you like playing? Uh, I was very much on electronic music, drum and bass, uh, techno. Uh, you still do that? I still produce, not as much, not as much as before. Okay, Maybe cool. I do six, five, six tracks per year. Before I used to do more than 150, probably. No way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, what channels do you use to promote those tracks? Or like, well, I used to have my own uh, label, which I still own, and I used to sell uh, on every platform from uh, iTunes, uh, Beatport, Spotify. I'm still probably on uh, some of the platform, even if I don't look after anymore my DJ profile. So <laughs> what, what's your DJ name? It used to be Combot. Combot? Yeah. Giorgio Bargiani called me Combot. No way, really? <laughs> yeah, he called me Combot. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I'm, I'm 100% going to, going to look for that. Awesome. So how did your career, like music producing, went in London? Was it okay? or? Yeah, it was all right, actually. I played in a few places. I played at the Egg, played in a couple of nice party as well but uh, uh, London uh, is uh, very difficult like uh, you can imagine there are like thousands of DJs so for me it was very difficult to get uh, dates to play mm-hmm. uh, and eventually when I start to work you know in the bar industry I had to put my passion for music on a side mm-hmm. because I fall in love with the bar words and uh, <laughs> yeah but that's that's uh, that's uh, I'm, I'm assuming that Londoning must be an 
incredibly competitive uh, market for incredible. that. Incredible. It's like, uh, it's almost impossible as a new DJ to get in, into the industry, I believe. Uh, I think in the US it's more easy. Yeah? Yeah, I think in the US it's more easy. In London the competition is, uh, is tough. It's very, very tough. tough, yeah. So you are at the Blue Bar at this stage. Um, Blue Bar, I think, kind of fits your bill, doesn't it? A little bit yeah. because it's upbeat. Yeah. Yeah. It's still in my heart. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I still love to go there. Obviously, and Andrea, one of my best friends, is a head bartender uh-huh. there. You were there. It's still is a beautiful bar. And uh, what uh, made you fall in love with bartending? Uh, so I remember very well, like uh, I, I had the, like uh, go to London with my very little English. Start to work at the Blue Bar. Uh, did my first interview in English with uh, my my previous uh, bar manager, and uh, I couldn't understand very well what it needed to be. So I just <laughs> I wanted I just wanted a job. So yeah. I didn't really care about with the job, which which would be the job for me. And uh, one of the first days, uh, I was there polishing glasses, and uh, I remember very well one of the first guests. Uh, that has been served in front of me ordered like a bottle of Dom Perignon Rosé 2004 it was like for me it was like unreal because uh, I come from my background where uh, if you were selling a bottle of Prosecco it was already a big sale, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. sale. <laughs> and I was like wow this is interesting <laughs> uh, and then I start to watch the bartender's works and uh, I've been lucky enough to work uh, with Swanee uh-huh and uh, the first time I saw, I saw Swanee, because when I started to work at the Buffer Bar, he was on holiday. So I haven't met him from like the first two weeks. Uh-huh. And then all the guys that were telling me, hey, you should see Swanee working behind the bar. And uh, the first time I saw him, it was like incredible. I remember very well, the guest was sat at the bar, sat at the bar and uh, Swanee knew already what the guest wanted to drink because he served him like three, four months before. And... Uh, for me, these things, this aspect of hospitality was completely unknown. I didn't know anything about this. And I was like, I want to be able to do these things. I want to be able to remember people's uh, guest name. I want to remember, I want to be able to create uh, something special uh-huh. for them. Yeah, but to put things into context, like Suane is like this incredible guy, right? So yeah. it's like he's got this incredibly magnetic personality. Is surreal. I can remember because yeah. I worked with him at the American Bar. Exactly. So, yeah. And the thing with him is like, first of all, like it, the, the bar would be very, very far away from the entrance, right? Yeah. And when he saw a guest that he knew at the entrance, he would just jump out. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, he used to open his arm and yeah. the guest was like, oh, Swanee. <laughs> and he's like, Mr. Smith. Oh, and my remembered, God. Unbelievable. Remember yeah. all the name of the guy. I still struggle. Uh, I still struggle to do. <laughs> and he remembered all the names of the guest and what the guest used to drink the, the time before. And I was like, I, I've, I, it was very fascinating for me. Uh-huh. I've never seen anything like this. For me, like work behind the bar was like uh, taking an order, uh, take the check, make the drinks, serve the drinks. That they, all the fact, uh, all the aspect of hospitality was completely new for me. Uh-huh. That's why also when I start to work like uh, behind the bar making drinks, uh, I was trying always to do something which was a bit more than pouring. Like you used to watch video on YouTube, video of yourself as well, because you have a very particular way of shaking. So which I was studying. Airplane shake. Yeah, the airplane (laughs) shake, exactly. (laughs) So which I was studying. Yeah, I studied a bit of working flair when I was home and uh, trying to apply this while I was working behind the bar as well. So what happened after Blue Bar? 
So after Blue Bar, where after I left Blue Bar, uh, I worked with another ex-American bar, Ladislav, mm -hmm. which uh, he closed uh, uh, Bamboo Bar, which was a very successful and famous bar in London. And he was opening in the same building, a place called House of O. Mm -hmm. So he offered me a job as a bartender with him. Uh, but we both stay, I think, only six months there. Mm -hmm. So when Ladislav left, I decided to leave as well because mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to join the Savoy. What was it that didn't click about that place? What do you think? Uh, the Bamboo Bar was very was successful. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, it was yeah. absolutely amazing. Uh, I believe uh, the concept of Bamboo Bar was much stronger than the concept of uh, the, the new bar we opened after. Yeah, I think it just didn't click. Yeah, I think it was it, yes. different. And it was very different. Um, it was a different company as well and a different concept. And uh, I think at the Bamboo time, at the, at the time where they were doing... Uh, uh, all the gas shift, they have the beautiful uh, collection of whiskey. It was just right at the time for uh -huh, that place. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So, I yeah, I think Bamboo Bar like was was amazing because uh, first of all they had the, the incredible Japanese whiskey selection. Yes. So, like, just to put things into context, like Bamboo Bar was this bar in uh, Charlotte Street, which is like a quite central area, but still it retains a lot of character, so it's not be gentrified too much. Beautiful building. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, and they focused a lot on Japanese whiskeys, uh, so much so that they had a, a gigantic collection. And then when uh, Sexy Fish opened, they, they brought all the collection all the there. Yeah. yeah, and now Sexy Fish is the biggest uh, Japanese. I believe uh, the biggest Japanese collection uh, in Europe for sure. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think they have more than four hundred now. Yeah, yeah it's incredible. Crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and. Uh, well, this place didn't click, and then you had the opportunity. And then, yes, I had okay. the opportunity. I was uh, doing already some interviews. At the time, uh, 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 Kyle was the head bartender, which you know very of well. <laughs> and I think I joined the Savoy just before you to leave, because mm -hmm. I, I believe you I, you left in 2016. 16, 16? Yeah, uh, just, January 2016, yeah. So I left, I, I joined in March. Okay. So just two, two months after uh, you left, basically. And uh, in terms of, uh, so there's uh, two bars in this building. Yeah. Um, there's the American bar uh, and there's the Beaufort bar. And there is um, the, yes. Would you like to talk to us about the differences of the two? Yeah. So obviously the American bar is uh, one of the most iconic cocktail bar in the world. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's, a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful bar. I believe it's the busiest hotel bar in the world. It's, a <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. <laughs> yeah, about, yeah. I did some uh, shift there as a, as a bartender as well. Uh, I've been lucky enough to work with Eric once as well, just before him to leave. And it's super busy. This bar is absolutely unbelievable. And uh, I believe that helps a lot the Beaufort bar growing in a reputation as well. Because uh, the Beaufort bar at the beginning opened as a champagne bar. And then uh, after uh, they changed, they, they start to, to make cocktails. Because I think the demand was yeah, that high yeah, that, uh, yeah. that they had to change. They had to start to make cocktails. And obviously, Chris Moore at the time, uh, he wants to make cocktail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. And th there's a lot of demand for that, and there's not so much demand for, for premium champagne there. Yeah. Is it? We still do a lot of champagne. We have, I think, more than 60 references at the moment. Mm -hmm. We've got 22 champagne by the glass as well, which is quite, quite high. Big, yeah. <laughs> but uh, still, our we, we do like probably still a 70 80% cocktail. And uh, so, obviously, like Beaufort Bar is a perfect fit for you. What do you think that it's the element that makes it? click like you and, and the bar i think uh, just first of all like the look of the bar this beautiful uh, kind of stage theater so you are uh, like in the center of the room 
in the bar and all the guests are always watching you, always mm-hmm. watching what you are doing. So it makes you feel very special. So that's why I, th- I believe uh, I liked a lot. And then probably the fact that uh, uh, it's a, still a luxury five-star hotel bar, but uh, we are like very friendly with the guests, sometimes even too much. <laughs> but I think the guests love this fact of uh, being like in a five-star hotel in this beautiful dark room, but the, the stuff is like a bit more... Uh, casual and uh, uh, friendly that uh, than other establishments so yeah so I, I can be myself that's great <laughs> isn't it i think that's what exactly what makes people stay right because mm-hmm. if you can express your personality through the way you work i mean that that's that's you don't have to fake it right that's exactly what, yes and uh, so the Beaufort Bar has a bit of a reputation for uh, theatrical menus. Yes. Like a yes. positive reputation. Uh, mm-hmm. This was started started a while ago. Yeah. Which probably was the pop-up menu. Which pop-up was... menu of Chris Moore, one of probably the most successful cocktail uh, menu. Uh, I've been lucky enough when uh, I started uh, to work at the Beaufort Bar, we still had the pop-up menu uh-huh. for uh, about five, five months, something okay. like that. And uh, the menu was absolutely beautiful. Uh, you had this uh, big book uh, and while you were opening there were all the images coming up like popping up and uh, the guests loved it so when uh, we changed menu again uh, we still wanted to do something which was like theatrical so we created a tunnel book after that and after it's kind of a bit of a tradition for the Beaufort Bar all the menus we do they need to be different mm-hmm. we never did a menu which is similar to another one we always do something different which is like very interactive for the guests as well so obviously like to come up with such creative uh, ideas and concepts requires a lot of energy and effort yes how do you guys do that so what's the thought process behind it how do you guys go about designing these amazing concepts yeah so for at us uh, to make a menu to create a menu is a very long process so usually it's around six seven months to create a cocktail book. Uh, I believe uh, our next menu will be launched again in October this year. We are uh, right now working on the menu and uh, uh, it's gonna, it's always a teamwork. It's not myself, it's not uh, one person only. It's always a teamwork because to come out with such uh, an interesting concept every every time is very difficult. So all the team is involved from the bar back to the host, to Mm -hmm. the bartenders Mm -hmm. and everybody comes up with a story, comes up with uh, different concepts, drinks, uh, uh, elements of uh, interaction mm-hmm. with the guests. And uh, because uh, everything we do is very much guest focus. Uh-huh. So all the stories we do, we try to fit them to the guest experience. So how many ideas do you go through, more or less? Like say, like for the last menu that so you for the created. For the last menu, for Interpreted Magic, we, we came up uh, with a concept first, then we throw up like uh, I, I believe 35 40 ideas for cocktail and we select 21 okay and uh, would you like to talk to us about that menu specifically so yeah. what's the brief absolutely so like uh, two years ago we started uh, like a project with uh, our uh, when i start when i start as a herbal tender me and joe we started uh, this project called music magic and drama as the buffer bar is a, is a stage so we our concept was we try to take inspiration from the Savoy Theater or a different theater play mm-hmm. also around London or around the world. The first menu was called Music, Magic and Drama and uh, it was a three-part menu which was pretty much focused on music. The second menu we did 
which is uh, Interpreted Magic, is a menu which is more focused on magic, but not magic as a magic tricks or uh, wizards. It's uh, more about uh, things that magically change the world. For example, uh, the, the advent of uh, internet. Okay. So there is a, a cocktail inspired by who invented the internet, which I think changed uh, the world <laughs> very much. <laughs> very so, much. Yeah. So yes. So it's a it's a it's magic interpreted by us. It's not mm -hmm. like a magic tricks. Yeah. Magic tricks. Yes. How is the menu format? Like, how does the menu look like? So this one uh, is a is a book which is divided uh, still in three parts, which are called are called the turn, uh, the pledge, the turn, and the prestige, mm -hmm. and. Uh, the menu is uh, divided by color of pages. So we have uh, uh, the white section where uh, you have uh, all the champagne, the rum and the vodka, the red section where you have all the tequila and the gin, and the black section where you have all the whiskeys. Mm -hmm. So we tried also to split like this because uh, when a guest comes at the bar, he wants a whiskey, we just tell them, go straight on the black pages, you find all the whiskey there. Uh -huh, so uh -huh. we try to help also the guest in terms, instead of uh, go through all the menu, just to them pinpoint them, exactly yeah, where they want to exactly. be yeah that's very cool and in terms of the drinks would you like to give us two or three examples of like some of the drinks and how you reinterpreted this magic so the drinks uh, we do are like still very i would say classic one of my favorite is uh, probably the tennessee voodoo which is kind of a manhattan style of drink uh, is a as a cocktail inspired by mary Laveau, which is a, a lady used to live in new orleans and uh, used to help people uh, using voodoo. So voodoo mm -hmm. is not like dark magic or anything else. It used to be used to help people. So we have a cocktail uh, which, we, which we create uh, uh, inspired by her, which is banana-based because she used to use banana for, uh -huh. uh, for uh -huh. help people, apparently. Yes, yeah, she used to do like magic uh, potions uh, with the bananas, probably. <laughs> Did you use voodoo to try to punish your manager before or not? Uh, I try a few times, but uh, Declan is still, no. strong, still stronger than me. He's, uh, so he's still stronger than me. <laughs> and uh, another example, perhaps, you want to bring to us? So we have another cocktail, which is uh, probably the best seller so far, which is called Look Into My Eyes, which is inspired by the love story of uh, David Copperfield and Claudia Schiffer. Okay. Yeah, that, I didn't know they had a love story. Uh, yeah, they had a love story, which was quite famous. And uh, he said that uh, it, it made her fall in love with him. But uh, other people used to say that, uh, especially journalists, that uh, she was paid by him to pretend that they were together. Really? So, yes. So this cocktail is inspired by this. It's actually the best-seller cocktail because obviously it's a champagne drink with passion fruit. Uh, uh -huh, uh -huh. So that, it's uh, That's a funny story. I didn't yes. know that was the case. <laughs> yes. So we always try to look into like all these kind of stories that are a bit interesting for the guests as well. In terms of uh, spirit selection, yeah. uh, you guys have a quite unique uh, selection. Would yes. you like to talk to us about how you put it together and perhaps some of the highlights? Yeah, so we have uh, the luck that the hotel uh, always support us uh, with uh, whatever we want to do. So we decided two years ago to uh, kind of get rid of uh, all the old spirits we have so and also the vintage. So we give to the American bar all the vintage spirits because the American bar is the bar that starts all the vintage cocktails. Uh -huh. So there was no really point for us to make vintage cocktail and copy the American bar. And instead, we bought a full collection of whiskey only okay. once. Uh -huh. So we almost don't have any entry levels. We have only premium stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously, some of the best uh, whiskey we have, probably we have a full collection of Port Ellen from the 13th to the 17th edition 
which Ooh. is like quite unique and we sell it uh, as an experience so whoever wants to have it they cannot have only one it needs they to, to get they, the whole thing. they need to try all the like 10 ml of each uh, of each uh, of each one but it's, uh, it's an experience uh-huh. then also we have uh, the one bottle of the oldest run in the world like the Harvard house rum mm-hmm. uh, is the only bottle available in bars so all the other bottle belongs to private collectors so this is the only place where you can find the bottle very expensive yeah, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> very sure it doesn't come cheap yeah <laughs> and uh, it's not only about have uh, rare things it's also about having uh, interesting interesting mm-hmm. spirits mm-hmm. so uh, at the moment we are uh, quite focused on the whiskey collection uh, I think we have around 130 now and we're gonna grow for the next minute we're gonna buy more the problem I don't have any more space at the bar uh-huh. so I don't know where to put <laughs> whiskeys anymore yeah, because it's a quite tiny bottle, <laughs> is a, uh, yes, like, isn't it? Yes. And in terms of spirit development, because you guys have your own vodka, right? Yes. So, yeah, we did a collaboration with the um, uh, Boatyard. Mm-hmm. So we we create together uh, this beautiful vodka, which uh, I believe is, uh, I strongly believe is one of the best vodka in the world. I'm afraid it's not uh, for the market. Uh-huh. You can find it only at the Buffer Bar and at the American Bar. It's a beautiful uh, 100% wheat vodka. Uh, it's fermented with champagne yeast, which makes it very unique. They use champagne yeast because the Buffer Bar was obviously opened as a champagne bar, so they wanted to create a connection with the, with the, bar, with itself. the bar itself, mm-hmm. and they decided to use champagne yeast. The fermentation is very slow, so we cannot make any volume. We have we have bottles. We can we can sell the bottles as well to the guests in case the guest wants, but we cannot sell it to on the market. Okay. It's not mm-hmm. for the market. It's only for the Buffer Bar and the American Bar at the moment. Of all the spirits, why did you choose to do vodka? Uh, so vodka is still uh, the I think the best seller spirit at the Savoy. So I believe uh, vodka market is growing a lot. As we have like a big growth in a gin market before, now vodka is getting very strong. And uh, I believe we really wanted to do a vodka which was different from the others. So if anyone uh, uh, have the chance to come at the Beaufort Bar, please ask me to let you try the vodka because I believe it's very unique. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it gets a bit of a stick from bartenders, doesn't it? Like uh, I think this is changing slowly, uh-huh. slowly. This is changing. I believe uh, uh, bartenders were not appreciating vodka before because they they were always this legend that all the vodka stays the same or they are uh-huh. tasteless. Uh-huh. I believe this now is changing slowly, slowly. But uh, there are few few vodka which are starting to be like very interesting and uh, with flavors, but without without being flavored. If it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes very much sense. Yeah, sure. And I think uh, the more we start appreciating it, the better the category becomes, right? Yes. Because I'm sure like, uh, I'm sure that there, there are some products out there. There are good vodkas and bad vodkas, right? And yes. I'm sure there are some vodkas that give people the impression that this is a category that yes. no one cares about. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But uh, I believe vodka is a, is a very strong uh, section of of, of the spirits and uh, I believe it's gonna grow again. Yeah, it's massive. Like yeah. it, it, it is, as you said, this is probably one of the best selling categories uh, regardless. Right? Yes, I believe so. Not only at the Savoy, but probably everywhere. <laughs> Let's talk about, you mentioned a lot of uh, the team of the Beaufort Bar. Yes. How is the team structured? So the team structure uh, is not too different from the from the American bar, which you know very well. So we have a bar manager, then there is uh, me, which I'm the head bartender. Then I have uh, three bartenders. Uh, we have one junior bartender, which is shared with the American bar, mm-hmm. which does three shifts at the American bar and two shifts uh, at us. 
four server, one host, and two barbacks. Okay, because I remember Joe Scofield is the guy who did. Joe Scofield used to be junior bartender, used to work at the American Bar and at the Buffer Bar. Yes, I think it's a very interesting position. And Natalie as well used to. Natalie, yeah. Natalie as well. It's true. Natalie all all those uh, people that this the junior bartender position has been They're, super uh, yeah. successful. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's super successful. If I go back in time, I'll probably take that position as well. <laughs> myself, yeah. Cool. So, in terms of um, the industry in uh, London now, how yeah. do you think? Where do you see it in the next uh, few years or so? Because, like, I think the last year was quite strong, 2019, in yes. terms of new openings. Yes, very strong. Obviously, you- Eric uh, Eric Bars, which is uh, absolutely beautiful. Uh, at the at the moment, I heard about some new openings. Uh, I don't really, I can't really talk about this <laughs> here, but. Uh, I, we will see few new openings on 2021 for sure. Okay. For sure. And big some names? some hotels, big names, big names. Okay. Um, stay tuned for that. Yes. Then. That's cool. And are you happy there? Are you happy in London? I am happy in London. I enjoy very much. Uh, the bar industry is, is amazing. Unfortunately, it's not uh, easy to go from a bar to the others like here. They're all very far each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> so every time you need to go to another bar, it's always at least half an hour. But uh, the, the community is, uh, is amazing there as well. Uh, obviously, the weather is what it is. But uh, once you s- sit in a bar, you forget. <laughs> of course. And uh, was it difficult for you to move there? To London? Uh, no. No, it wasn't difficult at all. I... I when, as soon as I start to work, uh, as soon as soon actually you start to work in London, that time goes that fast that you don't even realize. Mm-hmm. Like uh, one year passed that fast that uh, it, it looks like a week. Yeah, and plus uh, what I like about it is that you develop these connections with your colleagues that last for a very, very long time. Yes, yes, exactly. Especially working at Savoy. And probably the Buffer Bar even more because we do only, we work, only evening shift, so all the team always work together. Uh-huh. It's like a Michelin star uh, restaurant. All the team always work together. That's so cool. Eh? <laughs> the amazing thing of London is that, and I think of the bartending community generally speaking, and you can probably feel it here in Singapore as well, right? Is that the world is such a big place, but our community is so small. Yes. Like we all know each other and everything, and all sorts of things like that. Cool. So I think it's a nice uh, thought to wrap this uh, conversation around. But I have one question that I, of course, I ask everyone. So it's time for you to be grilled. It's like if you could choose your very last drink, what would that drink be? Mm. Probably a glass of champagne. Yeah. Any cheers of my last drink. (laughs) (laughs) Any preference? Uh, Rose champagne. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much, Michele. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Elon. We are undriggered underscore media on Instagram and you can follow our personal accounts at mmadiati89 for McKelly, Alex J. Murphy for myself and Adrian Bessa for Adrian. Thank you for listening.